Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, Jacob here with uh, Daniel 3. Uh, This episode I recorded with a friend of mine who I met on Twitter. Uh, His name is Andrew. He is uh, Christpilled, or the uh, Twitter handle is at TheRealChristPilled on Twitter. And uh, we had a conversation on uh, the announcements that were made uh, on on that day, which was uh, September 9th, 2021, about uh, mandatory vaccinations that the federal uh, government that Biden is trying to push via executive order uh, and had a, had a conversation about about that uh, what Christians response to that should be uh, of course the obvious reasons and uh, uh, arguments against them and what the implications of this will be and what uh, private businesses and entities how we think they're going to respond and how they should respond we also had a conversation about Christian anarchism and um, about churches, you know, and, and where, where we think that uh, churches have fallen short in opposing government tyranny. Uh, a saying that comes to mind through this conversation that we had is that all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. And I just feel like the time to be slow to act is over. I feel like a lot of people have been sitting on the sidelines and waiting for a while to see if things blow over and if they can wait for things to get better without taking action. But it doesn't seem to me that that's going to happen. It seems to me that we either take a stand now or we allow things to get worse. Um, and even if they, even if things get worse, I would rather know that I did what I could to play a part in opposing the tyranny and that I failed than live with the regret of having not done anything. So please give this conversation a listen. If you could, I think, you know, this is the kind of message that I will make a special plea to be shared because I think that people need to hear it. Um, And everyone else, you know, if you hear something, a podcast, a meme, a post, an article, feel encouraged and emboldened to share it. And I know it's hard, but we need to value pushing the truth and and living with integrity more than the social costs that sometimes come along with taking those stands. So um, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting this show and project and enjoy. Cool. I have the nice little red box in the corner that says that I'm live. So hopefully it's not lying to me. Um, good evening, anybody who is watching this show. There's a lot of streams on tonight. So I don't know if I'm even going to be competitive enough to get any of you guys to watch me live. We got Josh Smith and Dave Smith and Maj Ture all talking right now. 
Um, my good friend Jose Galison is live as well. But, you know, maybe I'll get a few stragglers, you know, because I'm starting after them. So, um, and I was scheduled to go do a show tonight anyway. So I'm going to do it, even if uh, even if nobody watches it. I'm just going to be true to me, right? Um, uh, once again, going to do some plugs before we get started. Um, uh, the website, if you haven't heard by now, I've said it over the last couple episodes, but the website is up. That is daniel318.com. Um, still got a few glitches and technical things we're working out, but it's all there. The podcast is there on the website. Um, two things about the website I wanted to promote. One, we have an option where you can put a comment in, whether it's a written comment or you can even do like a voice message into the show if you want to just have a comment read live on the show um, or if you want a question answered. Um, and also we have a feature now where you can do a call into the show. So if you have anything you want to come on and talk about or have answers question in a live, you know, conversation like this, um, there's a way for you to do that on the website. And again, that's daniel318.com. Um, and with that, I have, um, some guests tonight and I'm going to bring them on, introduce them, let them introduce themselves a little bit. Um, I have Andrew in the middle there, who is uh, the real Christ pilled on Twitter, his girlfriend Haley and her friend uh, Adara. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. We're good. How are you, Jacob? Cool. Oh, I'm fantastic. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's my last day of work. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that our president is finally taking action to, you know, secure the safety of our country by, by oh, pushing okay. these, uh, no. <laughs> um, we're, we're going to get into that, of course, cause that's some current events we're going to talk about, but first let's, um, do a little bit of introductions. Uh, Andrew, I know you from talking to you a lot on Twitter, but this is your first time on my show. Um, so maybe introduce yourself a little bit, your background and how you came to, uh, be a radical extremist that you are. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Andrew. Um, I guess, like you said, uh, real Christville libertarian on Twitter. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of new to the, uh, the liberty scene. Um, been about, I guess I would say a year and a half, two years since I, I started really becoming libertarian. Um, I will always kind of been, uh, a, a traditionalist conservative, but um, you know, I, in the past couple of years, I've, I've kind of realized how um, how fruitless, unprodu unproductive it is to enforce uh, morality on the people. So, um, went the liberty route instead, and just trying to live, 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 live life by example, you know, or lead by example. Um, I guess you know the other things you need to know. Um, I've always always kind of been right leaning. Uh, definitely on the ANCAP side now. Uh, probably best describe myself as a voluntarist. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with a state, but you know, as long as it's you know by the consent of the governed. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's that's a good recap. Cool. And then um, your girlfriend Haley, you uh, I guess you have similar views to, to to Andrew. What are your your thoughts on? Um, you know, first of all, I mean, introduce yourself personally. I mean, and and then you know your background, and then uh, you know w what your views are as far as these uh, you know, r r the relationship between Christianity and and the state. 
Um, I became a Christian in 2016, and at that point in time, I was actually a Bernie bro, because I thought, they're going to steal from us anyway, because God loves and God gives. We should take care of other people, so if there's going to be theft, it should be directed in that way, and then I got yellow pilled with one sentence from Andrew, which was, if they are not doing what they're supposed to be doing with the money they already take from us, what makes you think that if they take more money from rich people, that things are going to be better for poor people? That was instantly switched into a volunteerist. <laughs> you said, did I hear you correctly? You said you were a Bernie bro? I was a Bernie bro, real hard. I, I was, I was too, back in 2015, 2016. No. So, uh, fe fellow comrade in arms. Um, uh, Adara, what's your background and, and, and whatnot? Same questions for you. Um, well, I don't keep up with the politics and stuff all that much. And for Christianity, it was teetering back and forth, atheist, not atheist, but now it's, I think I became Christian in like, what? 2019 is a good guess. 2019. Uh, with the politics and such, I voted for Trump because I didn't trust Bernie and I didn't trust Hillary. I didn't like Trump, but with the strong distrust, I felt like he was the best choice. But, yeah, sure. It's understandable. Full, full disclosure, I think we all voted for Trump at least once in this room. Um, I voted for him both times, actually. Because um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't vote for Joe Jorgensen. Um, I, I kind of I ideologically identified with her in 2016, but um, just just she wasn't going to win. And I, I, I you mean 2020? Or Yeah, thank you. Sorry, 2020. Um, yeah. In 2016, it was just a clear choice. Like, Trump needed to win against Hillary. There was just no other option for me at, at that point. Um, if honestly had Bernie been, I think I told you this before, had Bernie been running in 2016, I may have voted for Bernie over Trump. And like, that is the antithesis of everything I stand for is Bernie Sanders. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been like a libertarian all along. I just didn't know it until I met right. people. Yeah. yeah. I kind of feel that way too. I, I feel uh, like, you know, like, cause sometimes I feel like I've been libertarian my whole life. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's only been three, three-ish, four, four years. And, but it's just, there's been, there's always been a anti-authoritarian spirit, yeah. I guess. And the things that I care about now, I've always cared about. I just didn't understand economics and needed to, you know, have more about the nature of the state explained to me for me to, you know, kind of get rid of those logical inconsistencies that I was engaged in. Um, our, our friend Rob, uh, who is also a, a Christian Liberty guy on Twitter, just, uh, commented, uh, no step on snack, which is the uh, flag in the background of, uh, Andrew's room. I just wanted to always have to remember to announce this stuff out loud because this podcast has also had an audio only form, which I realize that if I just like have, if I just highlight the comments and don't read them, nobody knows what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was a Bernie bro back in 2015, 2016. Um, yeah, I, I came through the economic route because like, I really thought I was like, okay, I, I'm okay with some form of capitalism and stuff, but like, we just need everyone to have an equal playing field to start out with at least. And so that's why I liked Bernie. I was like, we need universal healthcare. 
uh, we need to expand to universal college. And I just thought that it was easy to pay for all this stuff. And then um, the first person that cracked my worldview was actually Ben Shapiro. Now, I've kind of grown past him, but he's still good on the economics. And um, he did a debate with uh, Cenk Uger of the Young Turks and thoroughly just dismantled the, the, the economics of why, you know, like universal uh, healthcare, socialized medicine just doesn't work. And when I started to realize, okay, you can't just like pay for everything with government. It doesn't work that well. Um, there was that. Also, like, you know, uh, when I saw when I saw what the Democrats did to Bernie and how corrupt that was, that definitely was a bit of a like a seed that got planted in me. And and I started to realize, like, wow, anyone that's even now, um, the positions I have now, I'll look at Bernie Sanders and say he has a little bit more integrity than a lot of the other politicians. Somebody like um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, you know, has a lot more integrity than a lot of the politicians. But any of these politicians that even have like even a lick of integrity or good ideas to them, they, they never have any chance of actually obtaining power and doing anything good. So that's what I started to realize too, which kind of just turned me off to the whole politics thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sure you guys probably have similar experiences. Yeah. I, I was actually kind of curious, how did you feel in 2016 when Bernie was running and like, could you tell then that the Democrats were like rigging things against him? Uh, not until the end, but then I realized it. And then on top of that, he endorsed Hillary, which was a massive red flag. And I legitimately felt betrayed, <laughs> to be honest. And I was like, hmm, yeah, okay, suspicious. Yeah. And how quickly, like, I remember, like, while the primaries were going on, you know, everyone, like, my sister is a hardcore leftist. And, you know, we were both really hard for Bernie. And then when he didn't get it, and even though we felt screwed and felt like it was corrupt, it was like, all right, well, guess we have to support Hillary now. And I was like, wait, do we? Like, she's awful. Like, even even as left as I was then, I was like, she's awful. I was like, she she's um, corrupt. I was like, she's really more of a, you know, I, I was accidentally based. Like, I wasn't actually principled back then, but I, I even back then, I called her a Republican which is kind of true um, because, you know, she's basically just a, you know, a neoliberal from the 90s who just gives, um, you know, just kind of like Biden and all these all these old guard Democrats that like none of their positions have changed. But they uh, what they do, is they adopt that woke uh, cultural Marxist language and stuff just to, you know, get everyone to be appeased by them and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how quickly everyone went from like shitting on Hillary and how bad she was and why we needed to vote for Bernie to being like, okay, well now we got to vote for Hillary just cause Trump's bad. Orange man, bad. And right. I, I, I voted Trump for Hillary, but I didn't, I didn't feel good about it. And that, that definitely helped to start getting me uh, questioning things as well. Um, and now we have Biden who, uh, again, one of those old, old guard Democrats from the nineties um and i'm sure we everyone watching this and you guys know biden made the announcement the white house made the announcement that they're going to try to push um you know some kind of mandate for vaccination on i I don't know if they have clearly defined the limits i think i read it was like any business over 100 employees is what people are saying they're going to enforce it on um but uh yeah that's um certainly 
caused a bit of a firestorm on social media. I mean, what, what, am I missing anything of the um, the uh, the picture? You guys heard anything different? I'm 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 just uh, I was at, I was at work all day and got off work and had to try to catch up on all this before we we got on here. I I just saw the headline and and it, it just the headline by itself and the claim that it's going to affect 100 million Americans and it affects every every pro- damn cat. You serious? We have four cats and they they get into things that they don't need to get into. I have two. I totally. Anyway, um, the, the the fact the fact that this uh, this bill is or this executive order is, is going to affect every private business with a hundred employees or more is just ridiculous. It just, it just enraged me. And I, I spent about an hour and a half just raging on Twitter and Facebook about it. Um, ended up catching a 12 hour, you know, cool, 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 cool your jets from Twitter. You know, um, I, I still have access to Twitter. I don't even know what, what features they limited, but they sent me a message saying, cool your jets or we're going to block you, I guess. I don't know. I just, that that's that's the news that I heard. I didn't even read the whole article. I think it was from like ABC or CNN or something that 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 first reported it. And uh, I just I couldn't read it. I was I was too enraged, and I just started shit posting all over all over the internet about it. Yeah, cause I saw before the announcement, I saw somebody share a clip of uh, the White House secretary or something, and somebody asked her if that's what they were going to do, uh, or like, can you guys? push for the large corporations and businesses like to force them to get their employees vaccinated and she was like yes stay tuned <laughs> literally and then literally hours later the the announcement came out um you know it's and i was talking about this um when i was watching before we got on here i was watching the stream that uh josh smith and dave smith and maj Teray are, are all we're all doing and uh you know, they were talking a lot about like incentives and stuff. And I know for the lockdowns and stuff, the incentives were more in our favor for people to kind of like ignore them because it was like, even with the uh, stimulus money, people were kind of like incentivized to be like, okay, well, I want to go out. I want to buy things. I want to work, have money, pay my bills. So there was a bit more of a, you know, you know, like in my area, especially like people, you know maybe for the first few months kind of listen to that stuff but then after a while it just you know it became unenforceable because no one was listening to anything our governor had to say this seems to be a bit different because now it's like if people don't comply they're gonna they're gonna lose their jobs so this seems like it's gonna be a lot bigger of a deal um and unfortunately you know side note to this too i'm really I've been up like right now, like I'm, I'm very re- religious and have been my whole life. I'm just struggling to find a church to fit into because so many of the churches have been way too afraid to do, to say anything or do anything about it over the last year and a half of growing authoritarianism. Because in my mind, a lot of pastors and stuff, they're more incentivized to protect their tax exempt status than they are to stand on truth and principle. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am really worried about this. I'm not sure that, you know, that's why I saw the hashtags right now are like mass noncompliance. It's like, we need that. But I mean, what are your guys's outlook? Do you think there's enough people that are going to push back against this? Is there any chance to, to stop it from happening? I, I think we could get a lot of people to stop it just because 
I had heard about it with the mandate just a few hours ago at work. My coworkers were talking about it, and I thought it was a rumor at that point because, you know, coworker gossip. But, uh, you know, if it's like two out of three in that room, that's already two people who said they're not taking the vaccine. So, you know, if we were to, I know it's not a big statistic, but if we were to apply that to a group of people, two out of three people, that's a lot of people that can, you know, say we're not taking the vaccine. We want to keep our jobs. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can speak to that too, just because Adara and I both, um, we work for big corporations. Um, I, I'm comfortable saying who I work for. I don't know if you're comfortable saying Goodwill. She works, she works for Goodwill. Okay. I work for Norfolk Southern Railway, so both are large corporations in this country. Um, I know that the the executive order says that you can you can either take the vaccine or you can get tested like every week or something like that. Um, and it's like I'm willing to be tested every week to not take the vaccine. But I'm I'm so pissed off about the fact that they're even trying this bullshit that I'm I'm just ready to say fuck it you know just 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 fire me you know because and about taking the vac the uh not the the uh test every week I I would be okay with that if it wasn't for the fact that there's a place here that if you want a rapid test that's a hundred dollars in cash yeah. I don't have a hundred and dollars in cash every, every week. week. That's a great yeah, point. That's fucking bullshit. Yes. And if you want to get, I don't know how much it would cost to go to the hospital to get, I guess, the slow test, but I still don't have that money every week. But it, it takes like and a it, week or something for those results to even come back. And then you're so. out of work because your boss is going to be like, hey, you're, since you're taking the test, you're going to be two weeks out. Yeah. Right. So then so you're out of work and yeah. you're paying every week. And yeah. So it's, it's it's effectively it's effectively basically get the vaccine or unless you're rich enough to get the test every week. And at that point, this probably doesn't affect you that much anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't that, that little part doesn't even matter as much as. Um, and it, yeah. And some, some places I've heard that like cause some corporations had already had that policy. Well, you can get tested all the time, but the way that they had it structured, how often you get tested, even if you could afford it, it's just like, it's such a hassle. It's just like, how do you functionally continue to do your job having to jump through that hoop all the time? Well, and that's that's the, the point that I really want to get at is that, I don't know about Goodwill, but with the railroad, there's probably, she, she said two out of three people, you know, at her job, were, were not going to get the vaccine. Just an estimate yeah. today. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure that like, if, if two thirds of the workforce at, at Goodwill decided, no, I'm not getting the fucking vaccine and I can't pay for a test, Goodwill will shut down. Like they just wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do business. Um, I, I can speak for Norfolk Southern Railway. Like I, I think it would probably be 50 to 75% of the people that work for the, for just my railway um, would not get the vaccine. And probably 40% of those people would not consent to a test either. You know, yeah, you might, be able, might not be able to afford a hundred dollar test every week. You know, so um, and and just on principle, a lot of the guys that I work with are, are Trump supporters, um, and if they're not Trump supporters, they are African Americans who are already uh, wary of vaccines because of 
you know, tug of CG and all that. So yeah, um, our, I, I, is it is not tug of CG? What what's what how, what was that that experiment that they run? Regardless, the simplest experiment one what, what I'm talking about still. That almost the entire Norfolk Southern workforce, at least in my area, has some reason to distrust this government mandate. And if if they try to fire us all, the railroad's going to shut down. And and how are you going to get yourself? Exactly. Like we 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 are the people that 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 take. Yeah, it was the it was the Tuskegee study, by the way. You were right um, on that. <coughs> it was the, it was the Tuskegee yeah the Tuskegee the Tuskegee yeah that's what it is. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, and somebody commented, yeah, what's the Tuskegee? Um, yeah, and you know what you're saying, I mean, there was a comment too in the uh, live stream by someone named Darian Rosowicz. I don't know, I don't know if I'm getting that name right. Uh, can't have customers without employees. So yeah, I mean, th there is some incentives there, but I just, you know, I, I feel like, so like in your area where it's predominantly Trump supporters, I feel like that might work in more blue uh leaning cities and states i wonder how much uh less effective that's going to be the, the ripple effect will take place i mean i'm sorry like if 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 they can't move the just talking about my industry if they can't move the trains from um atlanta to the middle of north carolina then new york city's not going to get it not going to get its stuff and vice versa we, we we do trains the other way too so if if they can't move the trains from the middle of North Carolina back to Atlanta, then Atlanta's not going to get their shit either. So yeah, I, mean, I feel like a lot of truckers will, will take place. Yeah, I feel like a lot of truckers and stuff too are going to not. You know, like I have a, I have a, I have a lot of friends in the trucking industry, and I feel like they're not going to. A lot of them are probably not going to comply with this either, and you Good. know, that's that's an industry that uh, makes a lot of things move and go. So this is so serious that. I would be willing to shut down the economy to 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 pressure Biden to stop this bullshit. Like I, I would never have said that before. And I, 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 I hated the fact that we even did lockdowns to begin with. I hated Trump for doing that, even though I voted for the man twice. But you see what's going on in Australia right now. The truckers in Australia are, are protesting their their COVID lockdowns and, and vaccine passports and shit. We need to do it here, too, because. This is just ridiculous. This has gone too far. This this is the issue that we need. We we have to we have to put our foot down and say no more. You're not fucking doing this to us. We are free Americans and we're not going to put up with it. You know, and the truckers yeah. need, the truckers need to get behind us all and do it. Yep. Our friend Rob on Twitter said, "Y'all hear the USPS is exempt." If that's true, that is such. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. BS. Absolutely. If the USPS is exempt then my industry should be exempt too, even though we are regulated by the Federal Railroad Administration. Fuck that shit. If they're, if they're able to, to ferry goods and we can't without a fucking vaccine, then I, I, I am willing to be fired for that bullshit. And as a union member, like, I hate unions. Don't get me wrong. I fucking hate unions. But as a union member, they can't keep me run off forever. So, like, they're going to have to fire me, and I'll sue their ass for it. And every other railroad, railroad, railroader who gets run off for it should sue them too. Every single one of us. Yeah, we definitely need a lot, a lot of people to, and this is why, you know, like I've done a lot of studying on the vaccine and stuff and, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to be open-minded now that my bias and stuff uh, come into play. Yeah. And I, you know, I tend to be very middle of the road in a lot of things. And I don't think the vaccine is as 
you know, after, after time to look at it and I've seen a lot of people who've gotten it, I don't, I'm not convinced it's as dangerous as, or deadly as like some people out there in social media and stuff have implied it is. Um, but even if I was showed in like proof right now that like the vaccine was 100% safe and 100% effective, I still wouldn't get it just for the political um, agenda that's been attached to it. So to me, this is this has become a lot less about the medicine because it's like I could be 100% convinced of the medicine at this point. But no matter what, the government just has no right to tell anybody what they must do or not do as far as like injecting something into their body. Well, uh, I, I, I posted this on, on Twitter today. I, it just going right along with what you're saying. Um, and it got, it got a little bit of traffic, which I'm glad about. So, uh, it was like under under something that President Biden said or, or maybe the CNN article or whatever else. But um, I, I said something along the lines of um, – I am the best person to make decisions for myself, not some, not, not some politician right. in Washington, you know? Um, and just, uh, I, I completely agree with you. Like this, this, this whole thing, like I might have gotten the vaccine by now, if there wasn't such a government state push to, to have everybody do it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They just don't have the right to make these decisions for me or for anyone else for that matter. Um, and I, it, it just, you know, I don't agree just because, you know, when I had gone to college, they want a medical list of all the shots you've had, you know, and I had to up some vaccines then. But those were already tested, already, you know, gone through all the, you know, I guess, situations and such where it is a true vaccine. Whereas this is suddenly there's a vaccine yeah, and it's government pushed, you know, going to up your vaccinations to get into like college or whatever other play or even a job, you know, I can understand that for safety and health. But when it comes to the government pushing it and it's right. not had enough time to become a true vaccine i say true vaccine like i know what a vaccine is but like <laughs> well what's weird about there's a legitimate difference between this vaccine and a normal vaccine like, yeah yeah this you know, is normal, a normally vaccines are are a weakened version of the virus like you you, you know yeah there's all this the concern about additives and stuff like that and preservatives but this is completely different like this is what they call an mrna vaccine which is basically they're extracting the viruses um mRNA uh, and, and, and and putting it right into your body and changing your genetics to the virus. Yeah, that's of, the part that really creeps me out because it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like... Because what, what are they doing to our genetics that we don't know about? Right, yeah. And so uh, my, my study into this has shown that like, so this technology has been like been in development for a while and there's been some minimal testing of not for this variant, but for like other COVID variants like SARS and stuff like that. Yeah. But but the, it was very minimal and it was also voluntary, of course. Um, and, and that's what really pisses me off is that if the government wasn't pushing it, we'd have a chance for the market to actually like for, for libertarians to point to how better, how much better the market is 
then government yeah. at at effectively doing things because I want people I want people to be free to like if they want to take on that risk to be like hey compensate me pay me a hundred dollars five hundred dollars whatever I'll be part of the the human trial uh, study yeah. you know what I mean like I'll join in I, I I've I've taken the risk I I'm gonna sign a contract that gives me some kind of coverage so like you know i can you know like so there's for liability purposes and whatnot like that would be the ideal setting and instead we have the government threatening uh violence on people and and for them to lose their jobs exactly and it's like these these i understand that the the majority of people who take these vaccines are fine don't have any side effects from it maybe they get a little sick with covid for a little while but there are some people who have serious reactions. I mean, one of the first things yep. that I heard through the grapevine on, you know, on Twitter of all places um, that, that affects people from these vaccines is that men lose their ability to have children. Like the vaccine makes some, some men sterile. I've also seen a, evidence of blood yeah. clots and evidence of people's skin literally rotting off their bodies after getting this vaccine. Like there, there is risk associated with this. And yes, you're right. Like people could have voluntarily submitted to these risks and they would have been under the protection of liability laws. All these private companies, private companies that are that are formulating these vaccines, would have been would have been forced to compensate people for whatever adverse side effects they have. But now, is that even is that even happening? Like these people who who their their flesh is rotting off their bodies after this vaccine, or people whose children no. died after there's, vaccines. There's no, like, and, is, and, there any, is there any no. compensation whatsoever for this? Like we don't even know. No and. We don't know the full extent of of because because the media is not honest. We don't know the full extent of how how bad the side effects, how widespread when they this, are. More the de- the death counts when this all first started, yeah. they were misreporting the death counts. I just saw an article the other day talking about how they they think that that twice the people have had coronavirus than they thought before, and that would deflate the death the the the, the mortality rate by half, which would put it around what the flu is at. Like all, all, all of us are below the flu. Thank you. All these people who have been saying all along, me being one, that the coronavirus, it just, it seems a lot like, I, full disclosure, I feel like I've had coronavirus twice now. Okay. So I've I had it. Bit, uh, yeah. I've, ha- I've had a little bit, a little bit of experience to go off of. Like it could kill someone who is, who is vulnerable. I'll, I, I'm not going to say it won't, but so can the fucking flu, you know? And so now with, with the dishonesty of the media, we have no idea how bad this virus really is because they want to inflate the death counts and enforce all this statism on everybody. They want I, to yeah. give all this power over to the elites who don't give a shit about any of us. Here's an example of how dishonest the media is. And I wish I had, I'm going to try to find the article and post it on, on Twitter. Um, but I, there was a post and I couldn't believe it was true and no one else could, but they got the link and it's a, tr- it's a real article. So I will find it and back this up. Um, but the story was like a 16 year old girl, uh, in hospital dying of COVID-19, like caused pneumonia and all that. And the quotes were from the mother were like, you know, wear your damn mask. It was a Karen basically like, wear your damn masks. If it could save my child from suffering, you know, she's young, she has no risk factors and all that. Then you see a picture of this girl and she's like 300 pounds. No, no risk factors. Of course, of course. I knew someone who was immunodeficient 
and they didn't disclose that. And they made a Facebook post about, I am a healthy person who works out all the time. And this virus is one of the worst things I've gone through. And they literally have that immune disorder where your body attacks itself already. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I mean, and I well, had COVID back in uh, September and I, I have asthma. So it was rough for me. Um, but I was able to push through it. I mean, I'm not going to say it was fun. I'm not going to say like, it's not something to take you know, seriously, like anything, you should take the, you should take the flu seriously, to be honest, yeah. like the flu kills people. The flu is not something that is, is fun to go through, but we don't shut down society for, for the flu or even things that are marginally worse than the flu. Right. Right. And at the very least, like maybe, maybe I could handle the flu, but what we should have always been doing from the very beginning is when I, when I get the flu, I fucking stay home. I don't go around my grandparents. Or, or any of my friends who were immuno, immunocompromised. Like, we should have always been doing that. And that, that was never something that I argued when coronavirus first came out. But that's not what they're arguing now. They want to argue all this government mandate and shit. And it's just like, you're, they, they are ignoring herd immunity. That, and you, you, see, you see what how the media has reacted to ivermectin and hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Oh, like, great. Now, the, now I just got canceled on YouTube because you said the I word. Yeah. You at least got me monetized, and I'm so sorry for that. But, um, but it, it's just ridiculous that the, 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 the way they've handled this shit. And, like, I, I, I've, I said I've had coronavirus twice. One was, I think, before it even hit the news, Christmas of 2019, hmm. um, right before it hit the news. Um, she can attest I was sick as a dog over Christmas Day. Really well, yeah, I mean, like I went to the hospital and everything. And, and I've seen, were, yeah, I've seen articles that said it could have been here as early as September. Yeah, of 2019. Yeah. Well, it, there, there was reports of it in China in November, but no one yeah. talked about that because it's not the Wuhan flu, you know. Anyway, point is, I um, I caught it in 20, 2019, I think. I don't know. I never got a test because there were no tests back then. Um, the hospital text, tested me for, for influenza, and I tested positive for influenza A, but the doctors were stumped because they were like, your symptoms don't match influenza, so we don't know why you're testing positive. And afterwards, I, I think it was about six months or so ago, I saw an article saying that um, coronavirus can make you test positive for influenza. So I don't know how yeah, that and it all It all depends on, on the, that, but. The, there's so many different tests and these tests are not infallible, but yeah, at one point during the pandemic, there was like an 80% false positive rate for the most common test that they were using. So it was like, it was crazy. So you, you look at what, what's happened to the rate of people catching flu since coronavirus has come out. And that, that by itself just tells you that something is fucking up here. You know, because I've heard people no try to explain, you. I've heard people try to explain that why the flu numbers had dropped because they're like, well, the flu isn't as contagious as COVID. So the measures taken were effective at reducing the flu, but not as effective at reducing COVID. I was like, yeah, I mean, like a little bit of a drop. Okay, sure. But to say only there was only a thousand, like I think the numbers are ridiculously low, yeah, like it's, it's only a thousand cases in the entire country of, of the United States of America in 2020. You're telling me only a thousand cases of the flu? Like I just. For 350 million people. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like I, I just can't. Not. I can't buy that. Like I just, it's just ridiculous to act like there's not, you know, some of that isn't um, lost in the inflated numbers of people that were reported to have coronavirus. Now people will try to say, well, just look at total deaths, and the total deaths went up. It's like okay, that's that seems to be true. Although we're getting those numbers from the CDC, and 
I don't know how much we can trust them. So, but yeah, but even if I was going to grant them that, okay, there's an excess of like 500 to 600,000 deaths. Well, the amount of deaths does increase year to year by usually a couple hundred thousand. So are there any other factors that might have played into this? Could the lockdowns have played into this and the economic impacts of it? Could people being locked in their homes and having their immune systems uh, weakened because of the the, the lockdowns? I mean, the suicides the, the, that we had in the past year. Right. So to, to me, it's just anytime someone wants to make something a single variable equation, I'm very suspicious because yeah. it's usually a lot more complicated than that. And it's not to say that COVID didn't cause any increase in deaths at all. But um, but but to also act like there's not some political agenda to push the numbers to, to fear monger for the power grabbing that the politicians want to do is also just naive and ridiculous. Right. So. Oh, so in 2020, I got like really, really sick, fever and everything. I thought that too. Um, looking back on it, I realized I had eaten raw cookie dough and I probably had salmonella <laughs> poisoning. My- before, before, before I knew that, I went to the hospital and I was like, not about this COVID thing. So I wanted to get tested for the flu first. And they specifically said, we cannot test you for the flu because we don't have flu tests. And I was like, why not? Because they've been deprioritized because of coronavirus. Wow. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's suspicious, (laughs) but okay. Both of them are That's that's sketch as shit. When my, so my, my um, youngest son got salmonella this past year because we got, um, we got ducks. And then about two weeks later, uh, he got really sick and like we had caught him a couple of times, like, you know, touching duck poop. So it was kind of like, OK, yeah, he's he's got bloody. He had bloody stools. He was like not wanting to eat. It's like it's clearly sat like I'm not a doctor, but like, you know, touching duck poop plus digestive, you know, issues like it's salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> Take him, take him to the emergency room. They're like, "All right, well, we gotta do a test for COVID." I was like, "Are you, f- are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Are you effing kidding me? Like, come on!" And and we had to wait there for hours while they did the COVID test first before they would start looking at alternative things. And then, of course, it was salmonella, and you know they gave us antibiotics. We went home, and he's fine now. But yeah. it's just ridiculous how how much COVID uh, just made people stupid. Right, <laughs> like no longer using any reason or logic anymore. No. I mean, the, um, the, fact, the fact that they're that they're completely dismissing natural herd immunity, and uh, they'll probably get you to demonetize as well. I'm sorry, dude, but like the fact that they're we've used all the trigger that. words tonight. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, we're libertarians, so we always use trigger words, right? But <laughs> the fact that they're dismissing that just completely throws all of their arguments out for me. Like, th- this is something that we've known about viruses. And, and bacteria, for that matter, for ages. I mean, there's there's a, there's a good video on YouTube. Uh, there's, there's a guy called a channel called Primer. You look it up. He's he's got like an uh, a whole video talking about uh, immunity and, and vaccinations and stuff like that. He, he uses R naught values and all. Like he he uses computer simulations to show what kind of um, what kind of immunity, like whether it's vaccinations or herd immunity you would need to, to eradicate a disease. And like, 
just his computer simulations show, and he, he's just using data that's available to everybody. Like this is not something anyone can replicate, replicate what he does. And, and his, his, that entire video just, just completely disproves this narrative about herd immunity that doesn't work or it doesn't work as good as the vaccines or whatever else. Like it's just outright propaganda um, from, from, from the state of try, trying to get more power. Like, and I think this is a point I wanted to make earlier. Like, it's not about being immune. It's not about the disease. It's not about our health. It's all about how much power they can grab right now, yep. how much they can hang on to going forward. And that's scary because the people who are complying are simultaneously by them giving up their freedom are making it harder for the people who want to keep their freedom like us to keep their freedom. And if they can do this, how much further are they actually going to go? Right. And and like today, just to play off what she's saying, I, I had to post on Facebook that if anybody supports this mandate that from Biden, that they are they're not my friend, they're not my family. Like I had to put people on blast and say, if, if you are connected to me and you support this shit, and you're not on my side and you just need to delete my number and unfriend me on Facebook. And look, I try to live at peace with everybody. I try to be a good man that, 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 that just loves everybody. But at some point I have to draw a fucking line. And that, this is my line, man. Like I, if, if someone is, is supporting this shit, I, I can't associate with them. I just can't. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're actively, they're, they're acting against me. You know? Yeah, there's a there's a problem in Western Christianity where, um, you know, like we're taught to care for the least of these. We're we're caught, you know, we're, we're taught to um as, as Christians to, um, you know, there's like an emphasis on the weak and, and those who who need help, the vulnerable, and um, yeah, as Christians, we're called to to care for those people. Um, and I, I don't want to take away from that. But there's this weird double standard where um, any evil that the state does gets completely ignored. And, you know, as, as we all know, as, as, you know, Christians who are libertarians or, or anarchists, it's justified by Romans 13, all these other no, dumb Romans passages. 13. Yeah, <laughs> my, my Romans 13 and all that. But it's just like, okay, like, listen, let's let's even like pretend Romans 13 was this undisputable passage that we had no good answer for, which isn't true. We have incredibly, there, there's multiple answers out there on Romans 13. Even the ones that I disagree with the most are still really good answers. Um, but let's pretend we didn't. It's like, okay, so we're supposed to submit to the state. The state is instituted by God. That doesn't mean that like the state's still people, right? Right. Like there, and those people can still inflict harm on us. And I just think there's no way, like, I don't need a Christian to be an anarchist to just like, why can't you open your eyes and see that th what this, what the state is doing here is, is, is evil. You know what I mean? Like, and at the same time, then there's also hypocrites on the left who, um, I wanted to bring this up earlier, who, will argue all day long about self-ownership and bodily autonomy when it comes to the right to kill a fetus and a baby in their womb. The baby, yeah, thank you. Right. Um, no, but, but, uh, but when it comes to injecting uh, foreign material into my body, you know... And you have no bodily autonomy. I have no... Bodily autonomy goes out the window, except 
you know, basically the left doesn't care about bodily autonomy at all, except when it comes to killing babies. Right. Um, the right talks about abortion a lot. It's like, great, I'm against abortion too. Now, as an anarchist, I have some reasons why I think it's a little murky to involve the state into banning abortion. That's right. a separate topic. But my position for the record is that I want to make abortion obsolete. I don't want to ban it via the state. Yeah, I, I agree with I'll, that. I will I will take a ban. Like I'm perfectly fine if the state of South Carolina wants to ban all abortions because I, I have no problem with the Texas law. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I would rather work towards obsoles obsolescence, if that's the right word for it. But yeah, I'm 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 less concerned with uh I think it is. No, I think No, it's an Andrew word. No, it's not. Obsolescence is a real word, damn it. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to Google that later. Um, yeah. it sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm big brain, you know. Um, but the uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. You know, like I'm not as upset when a individual state does something. You know, like I'm I'm less opposed to Texas banning abortion than I am the federal government banning abortion. So am I. Um, so um, just like I'm less opposed to uh, Texas saying, "Hey, we're not letting immigrants into our state." But Alabama and Florida are free to versus yeah. having one answer, one size fits all for for every state. You know, it's still not a perfect solution, but you're getting closer to approximating what uh, a true free market society would look like. Right. And, and for what it's worth, like I, I because I live in South Carolina, I have no concern whatsoever with what California's abortion laws are like they yeah. can allow it uh, I, I mean, I would don't get me wrong. I would call them baby killers to the end of time. But if if they wanted to allow it up until the moment of birth or even after birth. Like, that's not my concern because it doesn't affect me here on the East Coast, you know? It doesn't affect me in my state. So they can do whatever the fuck they want to do and leave me the hell alone. Like, that's why I'm a libertarian is I just want everyone to leave me alone. Let, let, let yep. me do what I want to do in my region of the country. Yep, but uh, I guess it should be, though, expected that the left would be inconsistent. Um, so perhaps, you know, perhaps that's something we can complain about but also it should be um you know taken taken lightly because it's like well what else would they do but when christians are inconsistent it gets my blood boiling because i just um you know as a christian myself you know what i mean like I, I just feel like we need to be uh better than this um everyone that i meet that's a christian anarchist we we have different like different reasons and different like conceptualizations, you know, they're, they're similar, but they're slightly different. Um, so, you know, the last 15 minutes or so of the show, I wanted to go into to that a little bit. Um, kind of like all of us make our, you know, like our five minute pitch for why, like if we're talking, as we're talking to our fellow Christians, like why we want them to start questioning the legitimacy of, of, uh, of the state. And, and, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm, I'm I always like to point to the my biggest two arguments are like one, I go back to first Samuel eight and uh, when God literally warned <laughs> Israel and all of us about what uh, uh, states do the minute you enter into statecraft, you are uh, engaging in idolatry and you're also uh, going to be enslaved to this King that in this, these, these earthly rulers you ask for, and they're going to take your wealth. They're going to, uh, put your children on the front lines of their wars and it's going to suck. Um, and then two, it's just anytime you give the state power to do something that you think is good, it's inevitably going to be reversed and turned back on you. And it's just like, it's like the Lord of the Rings metaphor. Uh, you can't use 
the, the one ring d- only serves one master and Cast just like the fire <laughs> right and it's just like you know the satan told jesus and told us uh who the kingdoms of man really serve and there satan said to jesus uh if you bow to me i will give to you all these kingdoms which are mine to give so um you know to me uh those are my two main arguments for when I'm talking to Christians about trying to push them into, you know, the, the no king but Christ positions that we take. How do you guys approach it, though? I wanted to, to get that out of you guys. I'm, I'm going to let y'all two go first because I, I, I want to make my own case. Uh, about as a Christian? Yeah. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. So I'm sort of an odd person. In the span of time, while America and the idea of freedom is a good thing, and the span of forever, America's irrelevant. And while countries are necessary because people are evil, here, countries really, in the span of things, should not really exist. <laughs> um. Yeah. And because the actual kingdom is the biggest thing, there is not really a short-term reason to comply to the state before God, before yeah. you comply to God. <laughs> yep, like Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, kind of what you're getting at. Like we, as Christians, yep, I, I, I like that. That's another good approach to it. And um, America has lasted 200 and something years, and how long is it actually going to last? And then when we compare to, let's say, it lasts 300 years to the rest of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It's less than the point of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not a good way of looking at it. You know, these these kingdoms of men are in, are insignificant, and we should, um, you know, we should care a lot more about what God says than what these, you know, f- fleeting uh, men, you know, struggling and vying for power say to us. So. Um, Yeah, your turn. (laughs) Question was: As a Christian, why should we oppose? Rephrase your question. Could you rephrase your question, please? Yeah. What 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 would be your uh your approach to Christian anarchism or you know Christian libertarianism? You know, if you're talking to a Christian and and they're you know heavily engaged in uh statism and and we're trying to encourage them to 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 walk away from that uh you know like how would you explain your uh your your walk down this path and kind of like why you know what your what you think the strongest arguments are okay so i'm I'm gonna latch on to you saying heavily engaged in statism to me god is not a state god is god everybody is under god there's no state there you know we're all children of God. We're not children of South Carolina. We're not children of California. We're not children of whatever state you're in. They are not the people who are there for you. You know, I've always been told who's in your corner. God is in your corner. The governors and the representatives, they might hear us maybe, but they're not in your corner and that's God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't put your faith in men, men, you know, (laughs) uh, 
people make promises and they fail all the time, but but God never fails us. So I think that's a good way to look at it too. I think hey, that's what really um to go on a bit of a tangent here before we get uh, uh Andrew in. What really upset me the most about Trump, and like I can understand where my conservative and libertarian leaning Christian friends like why they voted for Trump, even though it wasn't something I I wanted to do. Uh, what bothered me the most about Trump was just how much a lot of people were putting their faith in him and, and kind of were looking to him as this like false savior. That's and that, the reason we became libertarians. I was tired, tired of the Trump cult. And it really yeah. Cool. Yep. And that, that was the problem was people putting, you know, anytime we put our faith so much in politicians, we're not only like, it's like, we're not only engaging in idolatry, we're also engaging in a lack of faith in God. And then we're also, it's a lack of faith in ourselves for God to work through us. Like I, I, I love the way that Tolstoy puts it, like the title of his book, the kingdom of God is within you is within all of us. So if you want the world to be a better place, if you see that the world is suffering and you see evil around you and you want to combat it, don't put your faith in, you know, men like Trump or anyone else to make the world a better place. Like we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to go out there and be, uh, light and salt onto the earth. So, the yeah, yep. So, uh, Andrew, go ahead with your with your answer. Um, Jesus never forced anybody to believe in him. You know, mm. um, I have I have had that argument ad nauseum with status Christians on Twitter for anyone to go look at if they're willing to go back far enough. Um, a lot of a lot of the guys in our in our Christian, Christian anarchist group chat, like they've already seen that argument. So they know what I'm talking about. You probably, I think you were involved in that too, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Jesus never forced anybody to believe in him. He always just offered the better way, led by example and said, follow me. He said, repent and go and sin no more. Like he, he helped, he healed people without, without asking anything in return. You know, he didn't ask for, well, I guess you could say yes for obedience, but what 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 is obedience to Christ? It's mm. loving God with all all your being and loving your neighbor as yourself. Like that's all Jesus asks us to do. So, um, that's really what it boils down to to me. And we can point to Scripture and say, you know, Romans thirteen has a deeper meaning that than than what the Christian statists want to to force into it. We can point it at Samuel. We can point it Daniel. We can point it all all these other all these other verses. But it just really boils down to, you know, God gave us the gift of free will, and Jesus reaffirmed it when he was here. There will come a time when obedience is required, and, and I think there will be a time where God is the authoritarian that, that some think he is and that some atheists accuse us of worshiping. Um, but being that he is the perfect judge and being that he is the epitome of love, like mm. I trust him to do that. And I don't trust any man to do that whatsoever. Right. Men are, men are imperfect. And God is the only being in the universe that is just that is justified in being an authoritarian. And the only time he's going to do that is to establish a perfect kingdom, right? right? Where he is the head and he establishes justice and he's the one that enforces peace among all men. So I trust him to do that and not any man. And in the meantime, until I, until the day I die, I'm going to follow Jesus's example and not force anybody to believe in anything. I have a personal relationship with with Christ, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do what Jesus tells me to do. And I'm going to encourage everybody else to do what Jesus tells them to do as well. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that the, um, I talk about this a lot on my, my podcast, um, uh, the authority that Jesus teaches and, and models for us is very contrary, very um, foreign to the type of authority that, that man tries to wield. Cause man can't, um, like God's authority, like Jesus doesn't force himself onto people, but he draws us into him and yes. we obey God because it's like, we're obeying, like we hear the voice of our father and we are internally compelled to respond because of the love and the forgiveness that he's shown us. And because we internally recognize uh, who he is, we follow after him voluntarily. Man is nowhere near as capable of doing that. <laughs> so what does man do? Well, I can't inspire people to listen to me uh, and I can't persuade with them. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use coercion. I'm going to use force. And like many things that God has ordained as good, uh, human sin is able to corrupt it and twist it and, and misuse it. And that's what I've always said about Romans 13 is like the idea of, of governance and the idea of wielding the sword in the defense of the innocent against those who do evil. Well, of course that's biblical. And of course that is uh, something that God commands, but show me a state that does that. Right. <laughs> show me a state that, isn't a terror to good works because it doesn't exist. All states pretty much do the opposite of what Romans 13 says that they're supposed to do. So, um, but yeah, I like that answer. I think it's, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty spot on. Uh, another comment here. Uh, Hody John said, like Jacob said, if Christ declined the opportunity to politically rule who in the universe has the right to accept and uh you know yeah that's that's very spot on i think um just just to address that comment christ gave up the opportunity to rule all the earthly kingdoms and by rejecting that power god gave him power over the entire universe (laughs) you know like his his authority is a gift from the father because he rejected having any any sort of authority on this planet you know yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, kind of like modeling a time preference for, for power, so to speak. You know what yeah. I mean? And and also recognizing the uh you know it, what what is true power? It's kind of it's kind of like in the same vein of that passage, like don't fear the one who can destroy your body, fear the one who can destroy your soul. You know, the power that the kingdoms of men wield is insignificant. The power that God wields is is uh it's why we worship him. It's why we, it's why we uh, submit to him. And it's, it's a, it's a type of power that, and again, it's like, it's it, a lot of times it's like language falls short and we use words to describe God that they have a different like flavor or meaning behind them than when yeah. we use them to describe, uh, describe man. Right. Yeah. And the, the kingdoms of this earth, all, all they can do is take our body. And the Bible teaches absent from the body present with the Lord. So they're kind of doing us a favor, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, yeah. in, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're kind of just sending us to go be with Jesus. And I'm not losing in that, in that scenario, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I named my uh, podcast after was Daniel three, which is literally the Israel, you know, uh, um, 
uh, Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego saying, uh, we're not going to bow down to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, and you can destroy us if you want. God can rescue us. Or even if he doesn't, we will be with him. So do yeah. what you will, but we won't we won't bow down to you because we'll worship no one but God. And to me, you know, that's that's why I named my podcast after that story, because it's like that's what Christians should be doing. You know what I mean? It's like we should be refusing to to bow down to to anyone but the true king. So um well we're we're at here at an hour here. Um so I think we covered everything we wanted to talk about. I appreciate you guys coming on and chatting. It was uh was fun. We got to uh complain about the government and talk about Jesus and that's pretty much what I do. So it's good to do it amongst friends. So uh uh everyone make sure you uh uh follow my friend uh Andrew. He's uh what's your uh Twitter handle again? At real TCPL. At real TCPL and that's uh for my video uh listeners you can see that there in the description. I'll make sure to put it in the comments too on the audio version. Uh and thanks again uh Haley and Adara for uh coming on. I appreciate your guys' uh um contributions too. And uh just well one little uh, other plug follow her as well at Daisy and Sage. At Daisy and Sage. Cool. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. And uh, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.